We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chicago Bears select. Welcome to Picks for Pace, presented by the Bear Report. Your number one source for everything Chicago Bears draft news, analysis, scouting reports, and more. Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, making their way to the podium, Andrew Freeman and Usaid Koshal. Welcome to Picks for Pace, a Chicago Bears draft podcast presented by the Bearport and Blue Wire Pods. My name is Andrew Freeman, and of course, I'm happy to be joined by my co-host, Yusei Koshal. Yusei, we are recording this episode on Wednesday, September 22nd. It's officially the first day of fall, or at least the second day of fall if you're counting the 21st, I guess. But fall is here, football is here, and in full swing as we, you know, are wrapping up week two and getting into week three, exciting times, Yusei. How are we doing today? I'm doing well. You're right. It's an exciting time. I mean, I know we'll get into it in a couple minutes here, but some major news came out of Hallis Hall. I mean, it's major if you're not tuned in and covering the Bears, like, or it's not major if you are tuned in like we are and pretty much covering the Bears every single day of the week. But if you're not and you don't know what's going on, you just watch the games on Sundays, then yeah, it is kind of major news. But I'm doing well, man. Aside from that, how are you? Doing really well, and, you know, it's exciting because not, not only do the Bears, they get their first week this past weekend, but like you said, some exciting news in terms of, you know, the quarterback situation, what we, we've we all wanted to see. Justin Fields, it sounds like, going to be going to be the starter going forward for this Bears team. But, you know, first you said, I want to get into this uh, Bears-Bengals game, the Bears getting their first win of the 2021 season. And, by the way, to all of our listeners who are tuning in to Picks for Pace today, um, Zach and Aaron will not be able to record their normal Bear Report podcast episode this week. So if you're looking to get your Bear Bears Bengals recap and preview for the Bears Brown Browns game, uh, that's what we're going to be doing today. So any, anything you need for Bears news, we're going to be covering it all here in this episode. And let's start with this Bears Bengals recap. You know, it was, it was an interesting game. You say, you know, we talked about Week One, how the Bears. You know, we felt pretty good about their offense in that game, but the defense really had a tough showing in that one. This is like almost a script flipped in this one because the Bears offense really struggled. They had a really nice opening drive. Andy Dalton led a nice scoring drive, got a touchdown on the Bears. Uh, first passing touchdown of the year where he threw a nice ball to, to Allen Robinson uh, in the end zone to give them that early 7 nothing league. 
And from there, the Bears offense kind of just slowed down and couldn't do anything. But the defense really came to play in this one. You could tell that uh, defensive coordinator Sean Desai made some adjustments and, and he was able to find some uh, some things to exploit in this Bengals offense. He was able to you know get some pressure on quarterback Joe Burrow in this game. And then the turnovers come in really quick, in succession, really, one after the other after the other in the second half, starting with uh, first Eddie Jackson forcing a fumble. And then I believe for the next three possessions, uh, Joe Burrow was picked off on three straight passes. We're starting off with Roquan Smith uh, picking off a pass for a pick six, pick six, his first touchdown um, as an NFL player. That was the game changing point in the game for me. Uh, you know, that really sealed the deal for this Bears game, in, in my opinion. But then Jalen Johnson, who was fantastic all game, getting his first interception of his NFL career uh, right after that. And then on the very next defensive possession, uh, Elk Ogletree makes a nice play getting pressure on Joe Burrow. And then Angel Blackson picks off a, a duck that was floated in the air that was tipped in, into the air by Joe Burrow and uh, get a big man interception for the third interception. So uh, the defense, they came to play four turnovers overall, only 17 points. Seven of those uh, came late after a Justin Fields interception. And that's the other big storyline from this game. You said, you know, Andy Dalton, I thought he was pretty good in this one, but unfortunately for him in the first half, he suffered what we now know is a bone bruise on a scramble drill on a scramble, I should say. And Justin Fields had to come in. He got pretty much uh, the last couple possessions of the first half and then all the second half. Um, and that is kind of the big storyline, obviously, in Chicago right now, with Justin Fields taking over as a quarterback going forward. Yeah, you're right. It certainly is a big storyline. I want to go back to the defense real quick here. I mean, Roquan Smith had the really nice pick six. He pretty much just read the entire play. And I've said this on other shows throughout the week that I've been on and recorded and been a guest on, and I'm going to say it on this same one. I think when you look at all the great middle linebackers in the NFL, whether it's guys like Luke Keekley or Bobby Wagner, or you take it back a couple of years or more than a decade, you look at like Ray Lewis, Zach Thomas, Brian Erlacher. One of the great qualities of those middle linebackers is that they've always been able to just read and diagnose plays before they actually happen. That interception by Roquan Smith there was a perfect example of a great ascending player that just continues to seemingly get better each week. I mean, I think there's an argument right now that you could make looking at the 2018 draft class that Roquan Smith was probably the second best player drafted because Quentin Nelson's we've seen has panned out to be really good guys like, okay, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, they've been great. Roquan Smith certainly up there too, but irrespective of Roquan Smith, I mean, Sticking with the Bears defense here. Hey, they had five total sacks. I know right after the game, leading up to about Tuesday afternoon, it was kind of, oh, it was only four sacks. Well, the NFL went ahead and did some sack corrections. So Robert Quinn actually had two and a half sacks. And so he's got about two and a half on the season now. So Bears had five total sacks. It was good to see kind of the pass rush get going. And then you look at the offense. You're right. I mean, the offense did struggle at times I mentioned we talked about last week how they need to be the team that marches down the field first and scores okay well they did that they kind of stalled afterwards obviously Matt Nagy was like look there's a couple plays probably five or six that you would like to have back and yeah there were like the one big play where I think it was date to David Montgomery on a screen pass I mean that was like a 41 yard passing play right there that and again those plays are valuable because we're not accustomed to seeing 
a screen pass for the Bears go 41 yards. We're used to it basically being blown up before the play even develops. So those types of plays are just simple little mistakes you got to clean up. I mean, the penalties still kill this team. I don't know the exact number of penalties, but it was still a lot. Um, You know, Justin had the two false starts. Um, Those, I think, were just more so rookie mistakes. And then I think that this is a game the Bears usually should have put up 30 points, but they didn't because when you look at the three touchdowns, um, you know, Justin had three touchdowns that were dropped. Two of them were Allen Robinson. One of the ones by Allen Robinson was just a great play made by Bengals cornerback Chidobe Awuze. The second one was a perfectly placed ball. And you go back and you watch the that play from whatever angle, whether it's broadcast, whether it's all 22. Allen Robinson, that's probably the cleanest and most perfect throw that he's gotten in his NFL career, considering the history of quarterbacks that he's played with. And then Mooney had to drop one as well. But I understand Justin only threw the ball 13 times. He had six completions, but still the ball placement and the accuracy really stuck out because there were a couple of plays where fields was essentially throwing wide receivers open and he was placing them. He was placing the ball in a spot where only the wide receivers could get it. Final point here. I think that when we talk about, you know, fields being named the starter, it certainly is what everyone expected. There was no doubt in my mind or your mind that Justin was going to sit on the bench the entire season. And we always knew like, okay, Matt Nagy's just saying, oh, Justin's going to sit on the bench for the sake of saying something. The reality is we all knew he was going to be named starter. It wasn't if he was going to be the starter. It was just going to be a matter of when. Yeah, absolutely. It always was a matter of when. I think we saw some, certainly some flashes from Justin uh, in this game. Certainly, um, talk about that throw to Allen Robinson. That was just, that was a dime that he threw down the sideline there. Uh, that was by far his best throw of the day. Uh, you can tell if you watch the all 22 of that, um, you can see his reaction. Uh, he, he looks, once he threw it, he knew that it was a perfect ball. And Alan Robinson, to give him credit, he did a nice job of getting separation on that play. Just, I, I think he got spooked by the fact that, you know, he's not used to balls being thrown that perfectly to him by from his quarterbacks uh, from his time in Chicago there. So I think that might've been something that caused him to drop there, but uh Going back to some of the other points you made, and then I'll and then I'll finish uh, talking about Justin Fields here because that's kind of the second uh, major topic to talk about once we get beyond this game here. Um, and going back to the penalties and the mistakes that the Bears had in this game, I, I thought this game was, you know, it, it was a game that was way too close than what it should have been. You know, the Bears won twenty to seventeen this week, but it really, like you kind of said, it should have been a two or three score. Uh, they should have won by two or three scores in this one. And we talked about the touchdowns of Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney, potentially they were left off the board. And that isn't even to say like all the mistakes. We talked about the holding penalties, the false starts um, on defense. I mean, you talk about uh, Robert Quinn on his second sack. It's funny enough that Robert Quinn couldn't buy a sack last year. You know, he had, I think one and a half sacks on the year or two sacks on the year, I think. Um, but wasn't getting after the quarterback last season. And then this year, he's already got two and a half sacks. But, you know, one of those sacks ended up also resulting in a 15-yard gain for the Bengals because uh, the sack resulted in a late hit out of bounds on Joe, Joe Burrow. And just a really dumb play by Robert Quinn. I mean, Joe Burrow did a nice job of selling it right there. But Robert Quinn, you got to be better than that. You cannot, you know, hit the quarterback out of bounds, can't do anything like that. But, you know, Robert Quinn, I thought he's – 
he played a good game overall. Obviously, that first sack he had, I thought that was created by Cleo Mack. And again, to talk about Sean Desai making adjustments. I think uh, we saw Desai in this one put Cleo Mack in a lot of different positions. We saw him at, and I thought I saw my inside linebacker on a few cases, rush, rushing from inside linebacker a few times. So Sean Desai has been creative, I think, in trying to move Cleo Mack around and, and give offensive lines different looks. Um, and we certainly saw that in this game uh, today. But you know, going back to some mistakes, man. I mean, you talk about, you know, whether it be coaching errors or play errors by players, uh, you just can't have some of that um, that we saw in this game. It was way too sloppy. You know, part of that is on, I think the refs, they were way too trigger happy in terms of throwing the flags in this one. I mean, we talk, you talk about that one play of David Montgomery where um, it wasn't a screenplay, but it was, uh, he got the ball in the flat. I think it was a play action play. It, it was it was that Y leak play that they ran the preseason a couple of times, with Justin Fields, where Jesse James would leak out and then go down the sideline um, for a deep play. They were looking to do that once again, and it, it just wasn't there. The Bengals covered up perfectly. So they hit David Montgomery, and it all did a nice job of getting to the check down, getting to David Montgomery in the flat. And, you know, you have, you have a holding call on Marquis going, which I thought was borderline at best. I, I didn't think it was that much of a holding call on that one. I didn't agree with it. Um, just plays like that where it really held back this offense. And then when Justin Fields gets into the game, um, I question some of the – I wouldn't say the play calling by Matt Nagy, but I feel like Matt Nagy did get a bit conservative late in this game, um, running a lot of basic run plays on first and second down. Uh, but I will credit Matt Nagy, uh, last thing on the offense here before we move on to the quarterback discussion. Um, I did like some of the things he did game plan-wise to emphasize a little bit more play action in this one. And we saw more shots down the field in this game as a whole. Obviously, you talk about that one play to Allen Robinson, but there were a couple plays, Darnell Mooney, on some you know crossing routes off of play action that we saw in this one. Um, that was really good to see. You know, conceptually wise, you can see them definitely trying to work deeper shots down the field. That was something that we were talking about a lot last week, where you know it was a deep dunk offense against the Rams. In this Bengals game, I felt like the offense was a lot more aggressive trying to go down the field in this one and um, I think that's something that I expect to see more of as Justin Fields get into the game and I think it's a good way to segue into the second part of this podcast here and let's talk about the quarterback discussion because Andy Dalton like I said he had to leave this game early due to a bone bruise he sustained Um, it was thought that there may have been some damage to his ACL or MCL on that run turns out that wasn't the case it's a you know just a basic bone bruise with his knee which is kind of weird since it was a non-contact injury which you, you normally when you think of a bone bruise you think of it being a contact injury wasn't the case here a non-contact bone bruise in his knee and you know it sounds like Andy Dolan's going to be they labeled it officially as a week-to-week injury but I would suspect based off of you know what I've seen from other I would say medical I would say medical experts I guess some some people who have some medical knowledge on what this injury is and, and what it entails with the recovery process and all that it sounds like an injury that's going to be Three to four weeks, probably, you would assume, where Andy Dalton, uh, you would assume he would be out before he's ready to fully go and go back and play um, with some form of uh, pain management to deal with there. So for the time being, Andy Dalton is going to be out of the picture here for the Bears here at their quarterback position, and that opens the door. We hear the announcement earlier today from Matt Nagy where he had an impromptu press conference and laid it all out there. You you said it before, but Justin Fields – officially named a starter, and he's going to get his first start with the Chicago Bears in week three against the Cleveland Browns. And I'm going to go to 
go to you for this. You said, uh, first of all, what were your overall thoughts from his performance on Sunday against the Bengals? I, I thought it was certainly, we saw some highs, we saw some lows. Um, but with that said, and what we saw from him in that first game, what are, what are our expectations for him moving forward here in this quarterback position? Because, you know, it was a matter of time before Justin Fields got the nod here to be the starter. We all knew it was going to come at some point this season. But how long can he hold on to this job is the real question here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, I think he's going to hold on to it for the rest of the season. And let me explain this. I mean, Matt needed a reason to start Justin Fields. This was just the way that everything had trended. Now, Andy Dalton being out with the bone bruise injury. I don't know. He's out. I think they said a minimum timeline of like five to six weeks. That means you're looking at what mid October, early November for a return. And many of us already expected Justin Fields to be the starting quarterback at that time. Anyway. Now the reason that I bring this up is because ultimately you look at it. I mean, Justin was going to play at some point this year. You look at this game Sunday against the Bengals. Look, were all the things that he did at Ohio State on display, the pocket presence, the escapability, the mobility, the ability to kind of create plays off script, was all that stuff on display? Yeah. Were there certain things that you feel like Justin could have gotten better at 110%? I mean, there were times where he was pretty good navigating the pocket, but then you also looked at a couple of plays and again, this isn't necessarily me being nitpicky, but then there were also times where, okay, he had a completion. But then you're like, all right, that's a play where instead of running, he could have stepped up in the pocket and then made a throw really quickly, okay, to whoever it may have been. And then also I thought the big one was just the what are you seeing pre-snap versus what are you seeing post-snap? I think that that stuff right there is really going to play a big factor into how Justin Fields develops because he's playing this with the one interception that was thrown to Bengals linebacker Logan Wilson. Justin basically didn't even see that the linebacker was there and then just decided to get rid of the ball because he was like, oh my God, I anticipate, I think it was Darnell Mooney or Demir Bird, one of the two wide receivers being open in what was a shallow crossing route. And so Justin to further develop needs to work on the pre and post snap reads. And then again, that's going to be a major key this Sunday when you are going against a Super Bowl caliber defense like the Browns. Yeah, and we talk about that defense here for the Browns, but you have Miles Garrett at that pass rusher position. He's going to be tough for uh, the Bears to contend with. I mean, the Bears, uh, the Browns in general, they have a really talented defense all around at all three levels. Uh, they, they've loaded up in the secondary over the past few years. And look at you know signing John Johnson in free agency. 
Uh, they already had some talented corners on that roster. Denzel Ward being one of them. Uh, Grant Delpit coming back from the injury that he's saying he was a talented rookie from them last year that they didn't play at all. So the Browns, they have some players in the secondary. And obviously we look at Jadavion Clowney, Miles Garrett, um, all, all the guys they have up front for that Browns front. It's going to be a tough task. And like you said, and there are some things that Justin Fields will need to work on here. I thought, you know, on that interception that he had, it was a nice play call from the Bengals defense in terms of um, they were showing cover zero on that play. They were showing an all-out blitz there. And Justin Fields made the right decision, I think, going to Marquis Goodwin on the dump off there. That, that was his hot read to go to there. But the Bengals did a nice job of disguising their blitz and disguising their defense there. Uh, Logan Wilson faking like he's going to rush the quarterback and then dropping back at the last second to pick off that pass. So th- that's that's an NFL. That's a welcome to the NFL moment for Justin Fields. He made up for it, though, with some really nice plays of his own that he made. I mean, talk about that third and nine scramble to seal the game, seal the win, essentially late, um, right after he threw that interception. You know, that's some of the special type of playmaking that he offers to this Bears offense. And um, I think we're going to see more of that, you know, whether it's consistent or not. We're going to see some definite highs from Justin Fields, I think, moving forward here. And this is a good opportunity because, um, you know, with Andy Dalton being out over the next few weeks, you know, Justin Fields can really cement his status as the guy for the Bears moving forward this season and beyond. And I think it's going to happen because he kind of said it, but I th- I feel like Matt Nagy, even though publicly he's been, you know, on the page of, you know, it's Andy Dalton's job to lose, you know, Andy Dalton's our guy. He's the starter moving forward. He even said uh, in, in the same press conference where he announced that Justin Fields is getting the start this upcoming weekend uh, against the Browns that, you know, Andy Dolan, when he gets healthy, he's going to be a starter. Now, I take that personally with a grain of salt because I feel like he's going to be looking for any any chance that Justin Fields, any opportunity uh, he has to go to Justin Fields full-time, he's going to look for that over the next few weeks. And if Justin Fields can play, even show some flashes of being a really good quarterback right out of the gate here, uh, he's going to be the guy moving forward. I, I don't think you know, me personally, my, my philosophy here is once you go to the rookie quarterback, you're doing him a huge disservice by benching him or pulling him out to go to a, a, the veteran, back to the veteran here. Because, you know, the rookie, once you throw the rookie in there, there's no going back. And I feel like the best thing for Justin Fields now is, you know, he's gotten some experience as the backup here, you know, filling in as a part-time player. Now he's getting the starter. He's getting all the reps with the ones now. Let's see what he has and let's see him actually develop on the field because you, you talk about some of the issues that he had in this game against the Bengals. Uh, I thought, you know, holding onto the ball too long, uh, certainly for some of his sacks that he took, uh, making a couple of poor decisions with the ball, throwing, putting the ball in the harm's way a couple of times. You know, those are things that are going to happen for a rookie quarterback and let's see him work on those things in the flow of the game. Um, going up against a real NFL defense and actually developing going forward. Cause I don't think Justin Fields, I don't think he has the type of mentality where uh, a couple of mistakes here and there are going to ruin his confidence or anything of that sort. I think he's the type of guy where, you know, he's going to take the hits where they come, but he's also going to, you know, keep on swinging there. So uh, Justin Fields, I'm excited to see what he has going forward. And it's going to be a tough test because, you know, the Browns, Getting into this game here going forward, they, they have a really talented roster. And uh, let's start this preview for this Brown game, Browns game uh, here. You say it kind of transitions to this last portion here because, you know, this is an interesting game for both teams here. You know, Browns coming off their first win of the season, they had a tough loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. And then 
you know, they had a slow start against the Texans, but they came back and they won that game uh, in pretty convincing fashion. They have one of the more talented rosters in the NFL and the bears. Uh, they're going to have a tough task in this one. You know, let's start with the offense here for the bears. You know, what are some of the things you're looking forward to against this Browns defense that they're going to need to keep an eye on in this game? You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, when you look at the offensive side of the ball, I'm certainly looking for more vertical passing concepts. And the reason I say that is because the Bears offense in certain ways is so predictable right now. But we've also watched it so much over the last couple of years that we can kind of just get a feel for, okay, when these players are on the field in between plays and substitutions, this is the personnel that they're in. This is the formation we're seeing. Well, this is probably the play and certain route concepts that are going to be run. I mean, there's one play on Sunday where Justin came into the game and I saw Alan Robinson, Darnell Mooney, and Marquise Goodwin lined up on the same side of the field. I think it was David Montgomery was out wide as a wide receiver. The bottom of your screen, if you're watching from the broadcast angle, and I'm like, okay, so that's a play where you're going to have some sort of like a couple vertical passing concepts there and so the point is is i'm looking for the bears to get the vertical passing game going even more than something that we're already accustomed to and then also hey this is a really good browns front four i mean they have Jadavian Clowney on one side miles garrett on the other side can you run the ball effectively with david montgomery because you do not want to turn this into such a major pass first game and then there are holes within the Browns defense. I mean, sometimes they play a lot of zone. So you can argue they are vulnerable to being exposed to big plays or just letting big plays kind of slip through the cracks. So is this a game maybe where you want to get a player like a Darnell Mooney going here so that he can have the big breakout game that everyone's kind of anticipating? Well, what are you going to do with the tight ends? If the Browns are kind of struggling with big plays is – there any sort of big play that you could dial up for a guy like Cole Komet, who through the first two weeks of the season hasn't been the greatest, but hasn't been the biggest disappointment either. But there just seemingly has not been, you know, a major moment for Cole Komet that stuck out yet. Yeah, I think the big thing for me on offense in this game is going to be, you know, we saw shades of it against the Bengals a little bit, but I mentioned it earlier, the use of play action and uh, using play action to get, Justin Fields on the move to move the pocket a little bit and get it to where he's not stuck in a static still position in the pocket where, you know, he can you know, get into a rhythm, get some easy throws under his belt, um, you know, get it, get the ball to some wide open receivers in space where they can get some yards after the catch and then set up the deep shots down the field later in the game. Those are some of the things that I'm personally looking forward to see because you know, Matt Nagy in his tenure at the Bears, he's typically shied away from using a lot of play action. Certainly in week one against the Rams, he did not use a lot. And then week two against the Bengals, we saw him, you know, up that a little bit um, to where it was a pretty significant part of the game plan early on, but it kind of went away from that as the game progressed. So I'm kind of excited to see, you know, what Maggie, Matt Nagy has in store for us from a game plan perspective with Justin Fields because, you know, Justin Fields, you can kind of tell that Matt Nagy kind of went into a little bit of a shell 
uh, play calling wise once Justin Fields went in the game because you know they had some of the scripted stuff that they wanted to do with Justin uh, with some of the you know read option stuff, the zone read, uh, RPO, some of those basic plays to get Justin Fields into a rhythm that they wanted to do already to get you know give the Bengals a different look defensively and now you're putting him into a situation where you know he hasn't had any game prepped all week with the ones um you know and that he's going out there against this Bengals defense that he hasn't prepared for all week long and it was just a tough situation I think to put a rookie into so now given that he's got an entire week of game planning around Justin Fields as the quarterback here um I, I think there are I think there are some creative things that Matt Nagy can do to make things easier for Justin because you know, I don't think this, you know, this offensive line, even though they played better against the Bengals, they didn't have a bad game. Certainly, you know, Jason Peters, he looks for a 39 year old, Jason Peters looks pretty damn good. I think at that left tackle position and Jermaine Fetty, uh, I went back and tracked, you know, his performance uh, last week. He was awesome against the Bengals in the, in this game. He was really stout in pass protection. The interior is still having some issues though. Um, from what we've seen, Sam Mustaver hasn't been that guy, and Daniels and Whitehair, they've had their own you know, set of struggles at times, uh, especially in week one. Obviously, they're going up against Aaron Donald's, huh? but I, I digress there. But, you know, th- it's going to be a different story, I think, against this Browns team because, you know, Miles Garrett, he's one of the, you know, three best edge rushers in the league right now. You could argue that he's one of the three best just pure pass rushers in general uh, right now, freak athlete. He's going to give Jason Peters all he can handle on the left side of that offensive line. And, you know, even though Peters has been solid for the Bears so far, you know, do I really trust him as a 39-year-old left tackle to hold up against Miles Garrett for 60, 70, 80 plays uh, in, in this game? I don't think so. So I think they need to use play action. I think they need to, need to move the pocket to uh, make sure that, you know, Miles Garrett can't have those moments where he can just pin his ears back and get after Justin Fields. And on top of that, I think, you know, we talked about the running game needing to get that going again because, you know, the Bears were very efficient running the ball in week one against the Rams. Not so much in week two. You know, David Montgomery still had a couple of big runs in this game, uh, but still only averaged about three yards per carry. I think he had 20 carries for 61 yards in this one. Not very efficient on the ground again against the Bengals, who do have a very good defensive front, which I'll give them credit for. The Browns have a good defensive front as well, so – you know, they need to be efficient on the ground if they're going to be having success there. Um, but more importantly, I think making things easy for Justin Fields in his first start is going to be key here. And if the Bears can do that, I think it's going to set them up for success in this game, whether they win or lose in this one. Uh, switching over to the defensive side of the ball, the other side of the ball here, you know, what are some of the keys here for the Bears defense? Because, you know, Baker Mayfield, I uh, got banged up in that Texans game um, a little bit, but he's going to be set to play here. It is expected that Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be back for the Browns at wide receiver. Uh, it sounds like Jarvis Landry is going to be out, though, for them in the slot. You know, what are some of the things you're looking out for for this Bears defense and what they have to do against this Bear, this Browns offense? Yeah, well, you mentioned the wide receiver, Odell Beckham Jr. And by the way, Jarvis Landry is going to be out for the game because the Browns placed him on injured reserve on Tuesday afternoon. But I think you're looking at what types of secondary or what types of coverages are you going to run, right? Are you going to run a cover two, for example, because the reality of the situation is that you are going to need to split the field and go two deep safeties to protect your cornerbacks, which by the way, side note in week two, Jalen Johnson looked great. Kendallville or Duke Shelley had their ups and downs. Um, So those guys were just inconsistently average or consistently 
average, I should say. But ultimately, you know, what are you going to do with the safeties here? I thought that Eddie Jackson to Sean Gibson kind of bounced back in week two. And so now moving forward, we need to carry that momentum over into week three. I think you need to play some and show some cover two looks as well in order to really kind of help your cornerbacks protect any throws that may be going outside the numbers towards the boundaries. And then also you could even argue, hey, maybe playing single high is the way to go against a team like the Browns. Let a guy like Eddie Jackson continuously just be a center fielder back there and then just choose whichever side of the field he's going to have to cover depending on which way the um, play is going. And then also you talk about the linebacker or the front seven, I should say. I mean, I think the biggest key for the Bears in this game or a key that no one's talking about is, hey, can you get Eddie Goldman back? You look at the Browns, they have Nick Chubb as well as Kareem Hunt, two really good running backs. Kevin Stefanski's established a reputation for being a head coach that does want to go run first in order to open up the pass. And we've seen that Baker Mayfield is better in a run first offense where he's kind of asked to do less with more, basically. All right. That's kind of the philosophy surrounding the Browns offense right now in the passing game. So can you get a guy like Eddie Goldman back? Who's did not practice again on Wednesday, by the way, because I think it was a back injury or some or knee injury, but it's an injury that's kept him out for a pretty long time. So hopefully getting Eddie Goldman back. Otherwise you're going to have to rely on guys like Angelo Blackson and seventh round pick Kyrus Tonga to kind of, shoulder the entire load again and I think it was interesting because we saw in week one the Bears had some answers for the running game but Tonga got worn out as the game went on all right hopefully if Goldman's fully healthy that's not going to be the case yeah I think Eddie Goldman he was listed as uh limited on I, I think today's practice um and, but the thing is Eddie Goldman was listed as uh limited last week at, at the first practice of the week for the Bears and he didn't play so you know, what does that mean for his status going forward? You know, my, my gut feeling is that Eddie Goldman is going to play uh, in this game. I feel like they were just being cautious last week against the Bengals because, you know, not only was he limited on last Wednesday, but he also worked out pregame um, for the Bears there. And he looks, from what I can see, he looked pretty good in, the, in that workout there. So I think I expect Eddie Goldman to play in this one. That's going to be huge. And, you know, as for other news for, you know, the front seven for the Bears, they're also getting Mario Edwards back at the defensive line spot as well. So uh, some reinforcements reinforcements coming in for this Bears defensive line. And uh, really, for me, I'm really intrigued to see the battle in the trenches uh, for this game for this Bears defense going up against this Browns offense. Because, you know, the Browns, you mentioned it, not only do they have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, you know, the best running back duo in the NFL. And like you said, Kevin Stefanski, he definitely believes – and running the ball and running the ball efficiently as well at a high volume. Um, that's one of the staples of the Browns offense with that outside zone Shanahan esque uh, scheme that they have working there, but their offensive line is probably the best in football right now. So this is really a strength on strength. I think for this game in particular, when you look at the Browns offensive line being one of the best in the NFL going up, going up against the bears defensive line, which you know, when they're fully healthy, they are up there with the best in the NFL. When you look at Eddie Goldman, Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, uh, you know, Robert Quinn's been pretty solid as a pass rusher so far this year. Um, but then you look at all the guys the Bears have in the interior with uh, Bilal Nichols, Mario Edwards coming back. Uh, Angelo Blackson's been a surprise for this defense, I think, so far in the year. And then you get back to the linebackers. Uh, Roquan Smith's been flying around. He looks like an all-pro so far this season. Uh, Alec Ogletree, while he's inconsistent, he does make a few plays throughout the course of the game here and there. So this front seven, it's, it's going to be a fun matchup to watch who wins the battle there, because if the bears can make sure that the Browns 
uh, can limit their explosive runs in this game. If they can, you know, hold the the Browns running game in check in this one, because, you know, not too often do I think run defense is entirely important in the course of a game. You just can't be getting gashed run, you know, run after run after run, I feel like, but for this game specifically, I think the bears, they need to do a nice job of, of uh, slowing down the running game for the Browns here. And that'll help them out a little bit in the secondary here, because even though the Browns are banged up at wide receiver right now with uh, Jarvis Landry being out and, and Odell Beckham Jr. still coming back from that injury um, currently, and maybe not still quite a hundred percent back to uh, his old self right now. Uh, they're still going to need a lot of help here because Kevin Stefanski, uh, he's one of the best offensive coordinators, one of the best offensive play callers in the game, in my opinion. They have a loaded group of tight ends right now. Uh, when you look at Austin Hooper, uh, Kobe Parkinson, all the guys that they have in that tight end room, uh, they have some talent there for the Browns. Uh, I'm not even getting up. Um, I'm not even discussing uh, David, uh, David Njoku, uh, who was a f- former first-round pick for them, who's like their third-string uh, tight end. So Browns, they still have a lot of talent in the receiving room. Uh, and that's, that's going to be tough for this Bears secondary because we still saw that even though Jalen Johnson, uh, he, he's been locked down so far this year. And Eddie Jackson had a nice bounce back game this, in his last game. You know, Kendall Vildor still had some struggles. He was still up and down at that outside cornerback spot for them. And the slot is still a huge, huge hole for this defense right now. You know, they tried, uh, you know, Marky Christian week one. That obviously failed miserably. They tried Duke Shelley in week two. That did, did not go so well. Tashawn Gibson, he's fine at that safety spot, but certainly not spectacular. And he can be had at certain points in time. So this secondary, there are some holes here for the Browns to exploit. And the only way that the bears can slow down this Browns offense, which has been rolling so far this year, they, they scored 30 points in uh, each of their two games so far, the pass rush has to be dominant and they have to stop the run. And those are going to be the keys. I think for me on the defensive side of the ball here for them. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Yeah, I think you're talking about the pass rush being dominant. I mean... This Browns offensive line, like you alluded to, is a really good test because the Bears are coming off a game where, like I mentioned earlier, they had five sacks, but that was also a pretty weak Bengals offensive line. That personally, after watching the Detroit Lions on Monday in Panay I think that the Bengals are going to eventually regret taking Jamar Chase over Panay because the Lions just have a really good offensive line. We'll get into that later on in the season because the Lions are coming to town in week four. But ultimately, hey, can this Bears pass first? Can you beat this elite Lions, or I'm sorry, elite Cleveland Browns um, offensive line? Can you win basically every snap against them? We've seen in the past that Baker Mayfield's really good when he has a clean pocket, but as soon as you consistently get pressure in his face, it gets to a legitimate point where he kind of is somewhat erratic, is really all over the field in terms of his decision-making. And those are the games where you kind of begin to really – get at Baker Mayfield and take advantage of um, any mistakes that he makes. Yeah. Baker Mayfield, he's still a very good quarterback. Um, I I think he's, I don't know. He's going to have necessarily a breakout year this year, but uh, all the chips are set for him to have a big year and hopefully the bears can slow him down because 
I still think he's very good. And, um, you know, Kevin Stefanski puts him in a lot of opportune situations for him to really show his skill set in this Browns offense. All right, you said, in terms of the preview here, let's get into our predictions for this game. I'm going to start with you. Who do you think wins this game? What do you think the score is? And who do you think the X factor is going to be that determines the outcome in this game? Yeah, so I'm going to say the X factor is Justin Fields. And I think that the Bears, what was interesting was when you're watching the game in week two, as soon as Fields came in, there was a new energy that legitimately surrounded the team. So I'm going to say the Bears go into Cleveland. I know it's going to be a tough environment to play in, but this team, for some reason, I think with Justin under center is just so much more resilient. They're more focused. They're more attentive towards what's going on and who they're playing. So I'm going to say the Bears go into Cleveland, pull off an upset 24-21. Wow, going off with the upset here. Obviously, I, I think uh, if Justin Fields can be that difference maker for the Bears, I that would be fantastic going to his first start. Unfortunately, I am not so optimistic. I still think Cleveland, they have arguably the best roster outside of Tampa Bay, which is a whole nother story for another day. Tampa Bay's roster is ridiculous. But I think the Browns outside of Tampa Bay has the best roster, one of the best rosters in the NFL all around. Uh, they got an offensive line. They got a good quarterback. They got wide receivers. They have running backs. Uh, they have, they're well coached, uh, and their defense has studs all over the field. They're deep in the secondary. Um, I just think there's too much talent for this Bears team uh, to overcome this one. So I'm going with the Browns, 31 to 20. I think the offense does see a spark from Justin Fields being in the lineup. I think they score. Um, they have a few more explosive plays in this game, but I think we're we're also going to see Justin Fields make a couple of mistakes here and there because he's it's his first start. He's a rookie. He still has some things to work on. And I don't trust this offensive line to contain this Browns pass rush, which is, can be ferocious uh, with Miles Garrett and company getting after you and breathing down your neck um, on third downs and, and inopportune situations. In terms of an X factor for me, I was going to go with Justin Fields. I think he is ultimately the X factor in this game, but I'm going to throw another name here. And it's a guy that has been quiet so far for the Bears this year. And that's Allen Robinson. We really haven't talked about him a lot uh, so far to start this season. He was a guy that uh, obviously looking for that big payday in free agency, you know, playing on the franchise tag, had that big drop in against the Bengals, but he also scored the, t- the offense's only touchdown of the game. So uh, Allen Robinson, he hasn't really had much of a big impact so far. Um, only, I, I think he only had like 30 yards or something against the Rams and uh, didn't have any a big output. Uh, against the Bengals either. So Allen Robinson needs to have a big game. And if he can really get a nice connection going with Justin Fields, him and Darnell Mooney and Marquis Goodwin, uh, if those three can get a nice connection with Justin Fields moving forward as he gets more reps with them, that's going to bode well, I think, going forward, especially with Allen Robinson, because I still I still hope that the Bears can find a way to keep him moving forward long term. I'm not sure if that's going to happen anymore. You know, we'll see how that situation plays out, but I would love to see the Bears to get him going and make it an emphasis to feature him in the game plan and get him more situated where he's going, you know, attacking the intermediate to deep parts of the field more. I know they want to get him involved in the slot a lot more this year, which I agree with. He's very good in the slot. He's a good route runner. He's a he's an effective possession receiver. That's a good spot to put him. Uh, but if they can put him in more situations where he can create explosive plays down the field, uh, I, I think that would bode well for this offense moving forward. So Allen Robinson, he's my X factor. If he can have a big game, I think the Bears may have a chance in this one, but they're going to have to put up a lot of points in my opinion because this Cleveland Browns offense, you know, even though the Bears had a great week last week on defense, I'm not sure they have the horses to, to hold up with this Browns offense, which is just loaded across the board in my opinion. 
All right, that's going to wrap it up for us here at Picks for Pace. Uh, for all of our listeners tuning in today, make sure to follow us on Twitter uh, at Picks for Pace, where you'll get a lot of updates from us and everything that we're doing, especially on college football Saturdays, where we'll be tweeting out some things in terms of the prospects and what, what we're seeing on Saturdays for college football. I know we didn't talk about college football this week, but again, due to circumstances of this week, uh, we're going to be talking you know, exclusively bears for this episode, but uh, for our college football coverage, make sure to follow us on picks for at picks for pace on Twitter uh, for everything going on, on college football Saturdays. Uh, You said where can our listeners follow you on Twitter and find your work, man. Yeah. So you guys can follow me on Twitter. I would say social check out my work on the bear report. I've have articles for the season dropping now on Sundays, right after the game. So quick post game story. And then usually on Wednesdays or Thursdays as well. In addition to picks for pace, which we're going to be recording typically, I think on Tuesday or Wednesday nights and then dropping on Thursday or Friday mornings. So check that out guys. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure to give you say to follow, make sure to, you know, find his work on the bear report and everything that he does covering the bears. A lot of good stuff out there for you bears fans out there. As for me, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at AJ Freeman 25. You can find my work at the bear report as well. Keep an eye out this week for some of the big products I have coming up before the bears play the Browns on Sunday. I have my tracking the trenches series uh, for week two coming up for the Bengals game should be out on Thursday or Friday this week. We'll see what happens there uh, for that. Uh, article coming up but uh, that series where I cover you know the Bears how they perform in pass protection on the offensive line as well as how their pass rush did on the defense side of the ball so if you're a fan of you know stats and getting into the nitty-gritty of you know offensive line and defensive line play I definitely recommend you check that out and for all you film buffs out there that like to look at film breakdowns I highly recommend you check out the Bear Report on YouTube where I'll be posting my film breakdown of the Bears win against the Bengals for this week two game. Uh, I'm, I'm doing this for every single game for the Bears uh, this season. Uh, make sure to check those out. They're really fun to put together. And I think it's something where we can all learn a lot about the game of football from what we're seeing and what the Bears are doing this year on film. And uh, always fun to get the coaches film when I can and uh, put those together for you guys. So once again, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in on all podcasting platforms. Uh, it's going to be a fun weekend. Justin Fields, he's the guy now for the Bears moving forward. And let's see how this goes. Bear down, Bears fans, and have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.